Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you today. And uh, missed you last week. I am enjoying being a granddaddy, learning how that works. And I haven't changed the diaper. Haven't cha- just. I'm not doing that. I'm just. They can poop and pee, and I'm just giving them back in Jesus' name. As soon as she starts smelling, it's not mine. It's yours. So take it, little little MJ. We're loving her. So two weeks in. And uh, can you tell I look younger, prouder, happier? It's just great. And I wanted to, I wanted to say before I get, we're going to get into the book of Philippians just in a second, and uh, I'll talk about the journal. But uh, just, I, I want to thank you again for your generosity. You realize that uh, over Easter, I know it's been a few weeks, but we were able to fully fund Royal Family Camp. That's our camp where we go to foster kids. In fact... You gave more money than was needed, so we're able to sow in other camps around the nation. So it's just not, like, we're so, many churches can't do what we do because they can't raise the money to do it. But because of your generosity, we're not only doing it, but we're helping other people doing it. So we're, like, multiplying our efforts. And then we have this team called the Legacy Team. It's people who have self-identified with the gift of giving, that have the means and have the heart to give above and beyond their tithes and offerings. And I gather those people together about, every two, about two times a year. And if you're interested on being that, just let me know. You just ad- self-identify as having the gift of giving. Like some people have the gift of work music or some have the gift of working with kids. Some have the gift of giving. It's just, it's just, what they're, it's just their makeup, what they're about. And I got those guys together and we wanted to help Mark Mason, Mark and Susan. They are our missionaries. They go all across. We're really up and down the East Coast, but really all across the nation. In the past three months, they've driven 2,500 miles. They've had 21 services to the incarcerated church. They've seen 2,500 men and women, and 500 of them have given their life to Jesus Christ. So they, 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 they've been in this now for like 10 years, eight years, and have been driving around a podunk little RV, this little broke down, beat up, ragtag. He looks like Jethro Bodine driving down the road, all his stuff on top of it. And we wanted to bless him. So as you came in, you might've seen an RV out there. That, that's their new RV that, that uh, Clover Hill was able to raise, listen, 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 $110,000 to help them be in that RV. So, so we're, we're like, we're not breaking down on the road anymore in Jesus' name. You, you guys are going to have a nice place to sleep in. And we're super proud of you, Mark and Susan, and thankful. No, we are privileged to partner with you in ministry. And God bless you guys. Today, I, I want to start on one of my favorite books. And if you got this, I encourage you to, to open it up. It's not my favorite translation but it's, it's the English Standard Translation, but it's the only one I could find. So I got it for you. So, well, you paid three bucks, but, but we prepared so that you can. You know why we do that? Because if you didn't pay, they'd be in the bathroom. They'd be in the parking lot. We want you to have just a little bit of skin in the game. So it's not even about the money. It's about I want to invest in something. So that's the only reason. But there's note pages in there. And I'm hoping you can use this throughout this series. It'll last all summer. We'll have a couple guests in between, but all summer. And, and you'll have a resource that you can use for now and even in years to come. And it's one of my favorite books because it's like a coach. Paul is, he's in prison. 
He, he planted this church in Philippi. It was kind of, this is like a thank you letter. It's the only letter that he, that he wrote that wasn't correcting bad behavior or, 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 or helping with false beliefs. But it was just a thank you note to this church that he planted 10 years earlier that he really just loved and, and really had a real heart for them. And, and I love it because he's like a coach in the locker room. And I love athletics. And he, you know, he's like, come on, guys. This, this the, whole, the whole book of Philippians is just a, it's just a word of encouragement. Come on. He who began a good work in you is going to complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. Hey, hey, here's what he says in the second chapter. We'll learn later. Quit, quit looking behind you. Forget those things which are behind and let's press forward. We got more ground to take. We got more good to do. We got more people to save. We got more lives to change. It's a coach in the, in the locker room. He's saying, hey, hey, don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't fret, just make it a matter of prayer. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, is going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Hey, you're thinking crazy? Quit. The battlefield's in your mind? Think on things which are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on those things. Here's, here's how he ends it. I've learned to be content whatever circumstance. Hey, guys, you can make it. Whether you're well-fed or you're in want, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And we're going to, I'm going to even come back to that this morning. But, but he, he starts out and, and he just, and, but here's the overarching theme of Philippians. Again, if you're taking notes, it's, many call it the epistle of joy. 16 times in four chapters, he references joy or rejoice. So it's, it's an encouragement, it's, but, but it's all about joy. And I, I want you to know, God wants us to walk in joy. Not, not just happiness where it's based on our circumstances, but where we're walking in a deep-rooted joy. Let me just give you a few verses before we get into Philippians. Romans says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace. Will you say it with me? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Here, here's what he said in John. Jesus said this, I will be with you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your, say it with me, your joy. God wants us to have joy. He he, he died so we could experience joy. He lives in us so we can have joy. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, the, the, the church that, 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 that Peter was writing, they were discouraged. They were a little, well, he, you've been saying you've been going to come back for years. You've not come, in, you've not come back. What's going on? You believe in him and are filled. How many want this? An inexpressible and glorious what? joy. Here, here's a couple more, just a couple more. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I mean, all throughout scripture, this idea of joy, here's what Nehemiah said in the Old Testament, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if the joy of the Lord is my strength, if there's an absence of joy, it's weakness. And so you want to be, you, you want, and, and, and you can. We need an infusion of joy, an infusion that, 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 that puts a smile on our face because joy is, can, you know what joy does? It gives you an enthusiasm for life. It gives you a desire to encourage others. It gives you a, a backbone when things are going tough because joy, joy is just strengthening you and joy is driving you and joy is helping you. So, so, so we, and God can give us this kind of joy. We need an infusion and that's my hope over this series that as we talk about different topics, God's going to deposit in us a deeper joy in all of us that puts a smile on our face and a song in our heart. You remember we used to sing that song, uh, I got the joy, 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 duh. 
Y'all, look at y'all. Y'all been to kids' church. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. And you have to go, ow, you remember that? Some of you didn't go to kids' church. Take your kids to kids' church and let them teach you the song. But it's a joy. It's a, it's, we, we sing this song, and I'm not, I just, the, my joy. You remember this, Trevor? You probably, my joy is a flag flown high from the cat. Anybody remember that? That, that just must have been in the Pentecostal church. They missed the, <laughs> missed the Baptist church. But, but it was just, we, we always talked about joy, but, but it just seems like everything is bad news now. I mean, you look on this. Don't watch Fox News unless you want to be depressed. Don't watch, see it, don't watch. I mean, I'm not telling you not to. Obviously, you're going to do whatever. But it's just depressing because it's just so much bad. Even the weather report, 20% chance of rain. What's 80% chance of sun? Why don't you say that? (laughs) Keeping everybody from going to the beach because there's 20% chance. No, relieve that on Sunday, but just not because I don't want you going to the beach on Sunday. Anyway, I just threw that in there. It's just bad news. It's just constantly. and, and, And you know, one of the most misquoted, misunderstood scripture is I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we like to use that. I've seen it. And I like, when I was in high school, I wanted to dunk a basketball. And I'm a 5'10 white kid. With, I'm vertically challenged. But I thought, well, God says I can do all things. So I just kept quoting that verse and quoting that verse and quoting that verse. And it didn't get me to that rim any closer the more I quoted it. And we think, well, well, and that's not the case. Really, it, the best translation of that is in everything I am strong in the one who gives me strength. It means no matter what I'm going through, in the context, if I'm in need, if I'm doing good, I got strength because of God's grace. If, I, if I'm well, if I'm sick, I got strength. I got joy because of God's grace. I can go through anything, good or bad. Because of the power of the Holy Spirit, the grace of Jesus, and the joy of the Lord. Because it's my strength. So Paul, right out the beginning to the church at Philippi, he begins with relationships. So I just kind of gave you a big overview. We'll be talking a lot, a lot about joy. So it's not going to be discouraging. It's going to be real encouraging. But he starts with relationships. Because how many know when your relationships are out of whack, it can mess everything up? Like it can steal your joy and rob your hope. It can, it just, it can mess you up. And so Paul gives us four things that can help us in our relationships. And I want you to, these are for you, not for your spouse, not for somebody else. They're for you. And, and it, I, I'm confident that if we'll begin to practice just a couple of these on a consistent basis, it could change the attitude that we have towards our relationships and just and, and just, it could just bring them greater joy. So let me give you the scripture. I'm just going to outline the first 11, chap, chap, uh, verse 3 through 11 of chapter 1. Here's what Paul said. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. He, here's what he's saying. I'm writing this letter 10, 10 years later. Every time I think about you, I, I, it's good thoughts. Every time I, I, I stop and, and, man, I just really appreciate that church in Philippi. And, and here's the point. Here's what I want you to know. If we're going to have joy in our relationships, we've got to be grateful for the good in people. We, here's our assignment, to focus on the good and not the bad. Amen. If you're looking for the bad, you're going to find it. We all got bad. We all got junk. We all got stuff. I'm telling you, if you want joy in your relationships, if you want them to enhance and increase, you've got to start looking for the for the good in people. You, you've got to focus on their potential, not on their shortcomings. You've got to celebrate their gifts, not their flaws. You've got to emphasize their strengths, not their weaknesses. You've got to focus on the best 
and forget the rest. Now, now I've been married 20, 20, 20 something years, 27 years now. To a, to, I am the best husband Angie's ever had. It's, a, it's amazing. And, but I'm telling you, there, there are a couple of things. And she, if she was standing up here, she'd say the same. That, I don't know if she'd say the same thing. But there's a couple of things that, that rub me wrong about her, that irritate me, that, that irk me. And I'm tell, I can focus on those things. Or I can focus on the fact that she loves Jesus. And, and you know what the, the Proverbs writer said? He said, a virtuous woman, a woman that fears the Lord is to be praised. There is a, she loves God. She has sacrificially given for our family. She is, she's the greatest mom my kids could have. Again, listen to me. I can focus on the flaws, on the negative, or I can focus. She is, she, she's a strong leader. She has the gift of leadership. She has a compassionate heart. It's her dream that no kid in Chesterfield County will not have a home with parents that, that are equipped and ready to receive them. And t- she has made that her life mission. It, the compassion just sees out of her for kids from hard places. She's one of the most steady women I know. There's not a lot of ups and downs with Angie. She's, she's real steady. And she's a, I mean, again, you hear what I'm saying? I'm not just bragging on my wife. I'm telling you, there are some things that I could point out that, that I don't care about. But if I focus on those, it's going to, it's going to separate us. It's going to cause us to drift. I got to focus on the good things. And that's not hard. Yet she is a lifelong learner. She, she her college education got cut short to marry me. Who wouldn't want to drop out of college to marry this, huh? Come on. And, uh, and, and we thought, she thought her new husband was making seven, this is what he was making, $17,000 a year. Who needs a college education when you can live on love? Who needs that? So she put her education on the back burner, and for years, she served our family. And she came alongside me, and, and, and we just did ministry together. And she babysat kids in her house and, and uh, cut out coupons, drove a green Plymouth Voyager van, a lemon of a, for years with, without complaining. I, I don't know. When we first started for 13 years, this connect night, we called it new friends and we did it in our home. For 13 years, every first Sunday of the month, we had people in our home. We averaged 15 people a, a, a month. That's 180 a year times 13 is over 2,400 people have gone through our house over the 13 years of ministry. And Angie made an apple pie for every group that came. That, that's, I mean, I just, I thank God for that. I can, I can focus on the bad or I can begin. That's what I want you to do. The person you're struggling with, your spouse, begin to write out the good things. That's what I did. Begin to just to dwell on the positive things. Be grateful for the good in people. Be grateful for the good in people. I got a couple of principles that I want to just kind of put under this to add to it. So you say, well, what about the people that are just, I just can't find any good in them. And it's just really hard. I want you to, I want your attitude to change about them because even if you can't reconcile with them, you, you don't have to lose your joy over them. And this is what you need to know. It's called the pain principle, hurting people hurt people. So oftentimes the person that's, that, that, it's not even what's happening on the outside of them. It's happening. It's what's happening on the inside of them. So, so I had an ingrown toenail not long ago. Any, if you ever had ingrown toenail, I mean, just it's super painful. And I didn't deal with it. I did. I just was trying to ride it out and and get it done with. And and it was. I mean, it was throbbing. It was red. It was. I mean, it just felt like every time my heart beat, it pumped. 
And I'm walking down the, down the, in the house, and Micah steps on it. And, I mean, I wanted to throw him through the window. I just, I mean, it, just everything that I had. But, you know, my, it wasn't Micah's fault. It was my fault that I hadn't dealt with the hurt and the pain in my body. You know why hurting people hurt people? Because they haven't dealt with eternally what's going on inside of them. And so I'm not trying to justify them or make excuses for them because they need to deal with it. I'm just trying to get us to walk in a little bit more empathy and sympathy for others so that even in the midst of it, we don't, it doesn't zap us of our joy. And when you have a hurting person, here's what I do. Don't take it personally. Most of the time, it's not even about you. It's about something that's going on in their life. And even in the fact that, that they're sour and they're tough and they're negative or whatever their situation is, still try to tap in and find the good in them. But just, you just need to know that that's just the pain principle. Here's another one. Uh, it's called the exchange principle. Instead of putting others in their place, we must put ourselves in their place. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot harder to step on people's toes when you're walking in their shoes. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to encourage you to, to, to have some, like there was a guy at the hospital that he, he, he had three kids under the age of five and they're sitting in the emergency room and, he's, and the kids are going nuts. I mean, they're pinging off the walls and they're acting crazy and I'm judging him. I, he's being judged by everybody. Man, this is a lax dad. He has no, he no, no discipline at all. What in the world is he doing? Until a doctor came in and we realized that just 10 minutes earlier, he had just lost his wife. And when you see, when you, when you try, before you judge, try to, well, what are they going through? What's happening with them? What, what, what's significant in their lives? No longer was he a, 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 a father that wasn't willing to discipline. He was a, it was a family that was going through crisis. And all, now you got compassion and grace. And, 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 and that's how I think God wants us to be, to, to be people. So, so here's the big point. And, and then there's these minor little principles. But if you don't want people to rob you of your joy, be, be grateful. For, hunt for it. Focus for it. Look for it. And draw it out. Be grateful for the good in people. Did you write that down? Be grateful for the good in people. Here, here's the next. We go into the next verse. I th- and let me re- I just review and then go on. I thank my God every time I remember you. Every time I think about you, I think about the good things. I think about what I have to be great, great, uh, grateful for. And in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Here's the second point that, that Paul is saying. Be positive as you pray for people. You cannot, you cannot pray for people genuinely, authentically, consistently, and your heart not be changed about them. It's impossible. Like you, you say, well, I don't know. I don't know if you're true. Try it. You pray on a regular basis for people, your spouse, your kids, the guy at work that's irritating you, that, I don't know, whoever it is. That, that God, and you know, some people have said, well, I'm just, I have, one guy told me I'm done with relationships. And I want you to know we were created for relationships. Jesus, God said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created us and put us in, in he, he made us to connect and relate. One guy told me I'm just done with relationships. It's too much drama. It's too much work. My dog's going to be my best friend. And I just said, you know, your best friend licks himself the air, all the time. <laughs> Who wants, you, you, people matter. People, and, and we, their work, their relationships are worth investing in. They're worth fighting for. They're worth forgiving. They're worth moving on. 
I, can't, I don't understand. I don't understand how I'll have parents and, and they'll say, I just cut my kid off. Why? Well, he wasn't living the way I wanted him to live. But look, you, you don't have to approve of his lifestyle or her lifestyle and still accept him. You're, they're your kids. Love them in Jesus' name. Look for the good in them. Be, be, pre, be positive as you pray for them. And that, that's a, amen, pastor. You're, 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 you're really helping me out today. And here, here, here's how you pray. If you skip down to verse 9, so in your journal, just go to verse 9 and look beside it. And this is my prayer, that you may abound more and more with knowledge and, and discernment. Here, so here's what I pray, that your, that your love would abound. Pray that they will abound in love. When they know the love of God, everything changes in their life and in your life. So pray, God I pray that they'll realize that neither death nor life nor angels or demons or power or principality are, are things present or things to come. Nothing, God, Lord, may they know that nothing could separate them from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus. Pray, pray, God, let them know that you demonstrated your love for them in this. While they were yet sinners, you died on a cross for their sin. So I'm being positive as I pray for people and I'm praying that they will abound in love, that, that they'll grow in love, that, that Jesus will reveal and give them revelation of the love of God. I'm going to pray that, that they may approve what is excellent. You know what that means? Here's, let me break it down. Paul just said, I'm going to pray that they make right choices. So I'm praying for people, my kids, my spouse. I'm, I'm really, I, I mean, I want our relationship to be right. I want to be, I want to be joy. So I'm thanking God for, for the good in them. And I'm, I'm praying positive for them. I'm praying that, that, that not only I'm looking for the best, but I'm praying for the best over their lives. I'm praying that, that, that God give them wisdom beyond their understanding. Lord, help them to trust in you and, and to follow your lead. Lord, I pray that they'll not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But Lord, I pray that they'll, 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 they'll stay close to you like a tree planted by streams of living water. And I'm giving you a lot of scripture. You don't have to do that. Just pray, just, just pray that, that they make right choices. Here, here's another thing. And, and, and that they be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Here, pray that they be pure and blameless. Why? Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And you, you want them to see the Lord. Um, do you know when you, I think you know when you've really forgiven somebody and released somebody is when you can pray good over their life. When you can pray God's blessing and God's provision and God's grace. And, and I, I mean, yeah, I'll pray for them. I pray they walketh out in front of a SUVeth and get hit in the headeth and spend eternityeth in the wherever. That's not what I'm talking about. But when you begin to really pray, God, help them, to, help them to understand the love of God. Lord, help them to make wise choices. Help them to be pure and blameless. Here's, here's one more thing he says, pray. And, and Lord, I pray that you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Lord, let them experience joy. Well, I don't want them to experience joy. No, no, no. God wants them to experience joy. You pray that, and your heart will change towards them. And because they're, the prayer of the righteous accomplishes much, they'll begin to change. God, fill them with joy and peace and patience. Fill them with the fruit of righteousness, uh, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness. 
Lord, let them experience those things. So, so I, want, I want joy in my relationships. I want to be connected on a deeper level. I don't want people robbing me of my joy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be grateful for the good in people. I'm going to pray positive. I'm going to be positive as I pray for people. And then, and then here's the third thing in verse 6. Now we're going back to verse 6. And I'm sure of this. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to the completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be patient with the progress in people. I'm not, you know how we, we judge others by their motives, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. We, 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 yeah, and here's how Jesus says it. Jesus says, why do you look at the speck of dust in somebody else's eye and not deal with the two by four in your own life? Like, we give ourselves a lot of grace. I remember I was, uh, we were painting, and uh, we were getting ready to sell our house, a f- former house, and, and uh, I was having the boys help me, and, and I was just like, I was on them, man. Like, like d- don't get any wall. D- that white goes on the baseboard, not on the wall. Tape that thing up better. Be more careful. You know, for, I was just on them, and I was walking up a ladder, and I had a paint bucket up it. It was about half full, and I'm hollering at them. And I get to the top, and my arm flails, and I knock over a half a gallon of white paint all over the carpet. And it's an accident. You know, it's, I did it. It's just an accident. If they would have did it, I would have killed. They, they might not be walking today. But because I did it, it's no big problem. And, you know, I, I thought, and that, isn't that how we are, though? It's like when we do it, I got a lot of grace for me. But when somebody else does it, I remember Zach, he knocked cups over Every meal we got together. He's like 17 years old. Boy, you're going to be drinking out of sippy cup the rest of your life. <laughs> Used to irritate me to no ends. And But when I knocked my glass over, it was, oh, that was just an accident. It wasn't carelessness. It wasn't, I wasn't thinking. And, and here, we want to quit. We want to be patient with other people. I remember when uh, I, I was like 23 years old. I was visiting my grandparents, and they were, they were partially raising my cousin, who at the time was about eight years old, and they were just having a fit with him. And, and they couldn't, I mean, they just couldn't do anything with him. And, and so my grandfather said, Stan, I need you to step in. You've been here for the summer, and you know, you know him. And, and I just, whatever you need to do, man, I need some help with some discipline. And I got, like, really excited. Like, this boy needs a beat down. Like, what can we do? And he, he comes, and so I'm getting myself prepared to, to, to deal with this. You know, I'm 23. I know everything, and this 8-year-old doesn't know anything. So I'm about, to, I'm about to go into him, and he comes walking up the hill singing. He's, you heard, I know I'm singing a lot of songs, but he sings that song, He's Still Working On Me. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon. Don't you love this? Stars. The sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. If you don't smile, I'm going to sing it again. Yeah, please smile. Because he's still working on me. You know what all of us should have on our chest is work in progress. All of us. That God's not done with us. And we ought to see others as works in progress. And, and, And be gracious, be patient with the progress in people. You remember Peter? how champion in the New Testament, courageous, committed, I mean, huge in starting the New Testament church. He wasn't always like that. Peter had all kind of ups and downs. I mean, one day 
he was saying, Jesus, I'll never forsake you. The next, the next minute he was saying, Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross to pay for our sin. And, he, and one day he's cutting off the ear of a soldier to defend Jesus. And the next day he's cussing around a fire claiming he never knew Jesus. One day he's, he's declaring that Jesus is the son of God. And, 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 and the next day he's, he's, just, he's, he's in and out, up and down. And I'm so glad for Jesus that he didn't give up on him. But he saw something in him. And he said, Cephas, that was his name before Peter, you're no longer Cephas, but I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock, Petros. And upon your confession of faith, I'm going to build the church. Peter, I see something in you. And you know, you know what that says? Don't throw people off the bus too quick. Don't give up. Don't throw the towel in on their life too early. Don't, don't give up on them too soon. Why? Because you can be confident of this, that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Be patient with the progress in people. And then he, then he closes out, at least our study this morning, with Philippians 1, 7 and 8. And he says, is it right for me to feel this way about you? Remember, he's just, he's just expressing his love, his affection, his devotion. And it's really a rhetorical question. And he says, man, I, I tell you why I feel this way about you, because I hold you in my heart. Here, I tell you this, if you got somebody in your heart, it's hard for them to get on your nerves. If you'll keep them in your heart, if you'll, if you'll be grateful for the good in them, if you'll pray positively for them, if you'll, if you'll be patient with the progress in them, they'll be in your heart. I hold, for the church at Philippi, I hold you in my heart. And that's how I feel about our church, man. I, I don't know. I love you guys, man. I'm so grateful. This is an honor. What I do every week is an honor. It is a, it is a privilege I, I, I'm so great. I mean, your generosity is, it's just, it's above and beyond. It's crazy. Your, 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 your willingness to just let me be me. Like you guys have not put me in some kind of shell or whatever and, and made me into somebody I'm not. You've allowed me to, it's just, I mean, my heart, I can, I can relate to Paul of his affection for the church at Philippi. I, it's, I think it's the same affection I have for Clover Hill, for you are all partakers with me of grace. And what he's saying is you've all experienced the grace of God and we're doing this thing together, both in my imprisonment and the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. So, so whether I'm in chains or not, you're just moving forward. You're, you're taking ground. You're still making a difference. It's not about me. It's about Jesus is what Paul is saying. And then he goes, for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Here, here, here's the last point that, that I, I want you to get. Be Christ-like in your love for people. Be Christ-like in your love for people. So that person that's getting on your nerves, that, that person that you're thinking about you can't live with anymore and you want to divorce that person you're in conflict with, you got to know they were fearfully and wonderfully made. That God gave his only son that they wouldn't have to spend eternity apart from him. That, that Jesus gave, them, gave his life so they could experience life. Listen to me, God just didn't do it for you. He did it for, he did it, he did it for those closest to you. He did it for those that pluck your nerves and get under your skin and, and, and try to rob you of your joy. 
God's thoughts towards them are precious, the Bible says. He, the thoughts that he has for them, if you were to try to count them, you couldn't. It's like the grains of the sand on a beach. That he values them. He, he loves them unconditionally. And you know what he's telling us? That we ought to do the same. That we, that we ought to love with a, with a Christ-like love. Hey, let me close this way. The praise team's coming back. Don't put up your notes because there might be something. There might be. There might not be, but there might be something good you might want to write down. Here's how Paul said it. We're going to wrap this up. So let me repeat myself for, on purpose. Be grateful for the good in people. Come on, tap into it. Look for it. Hunt for it. Write it down. Pray positive for people. Pray that they grow and abound in the love of God, that they, that they do what's right. Pray. Be patient with the progress in people. Realize God's not done with you and God's not done with them. And be Christ-like in your love for people. This is how Paul said it to the church at Corinth. Same author, different audience. He said, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I have not love. Look, you know what he's saying? If I knew every language, I've, I've had three years of Spanish one, a year of Greek, and multiple years of English. And I don't know any of them. But if I knew every language on earth, como se llama? Parli vous français. I don't know. I don't even know where to start. Speaking to Deutsch or something like that. I've heard that somewhere. I hope I just didn't cuss. I don't know. You never know. If I, if I know every tongue, but I, have, but I have love. You know what the Bible, Paul, you said, you're nothing. You're a resounding gong. You're a clanging cymbal. What if I had, what if I had knowledge and could solve all mysteries? What if I knew what the stock market was going to do before it did it? What if I knew where a terrorist attack was going to come before it happened? What if I was able to predict the weather uh, with 100% accuracy? People think I'd per- I was pretty great, but, but Jesus said, without love, you're nothing. What if I had faith that could move mountains? If I had a healing ministry where everybody who got within hundred feet of me was automatically healed. That every disease was driven out. Paul says, if you don't have love, nothing. What if I gave all I possess to the poor? What if I was so generous that nobody went without? What if I gave 90% of my money away and lived on 10? God bless you, but without love, You're nothing. These three remain, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Here here is how John said, I'll close here. We know that we have passed from death to life. How do you know you're a Christian? How do you know that you're serving God? How do you know that you're a believer? Here's one way, because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. So how do I love? Be grateful for the good in people. Pray positively for people. Be patient with the progress in people. And be Christ-like in your love for people. Amen, everybody. Amen. Stand to your feet with me, will you? And I want you to ask yourself this question. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? 
will you, maybe you even want to take up your, your, your journal, your notepad, and you've written some things down and, and you want to use that as a reference. How, how am I, am I giving people grace or am I giving people grief? Am I being patient or am I, am I demanding something that's not, it's not even maybe possible or how am I loving people? Am I so wrapped up in me or, or do I care about others? Holy Spirit, just have Holy Spirit speak to us today. Speak to us today. God, we don't want to miss this. You, you made us for you and you made us for others. You created us to be connected with you and connected to people. You said the greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbors as ourselves. God, if we can get this right, we need your help. Pinpoint it. What's the Lord saying to you? And then confess it and ask him for his help. God, give me greater grace in this area. God, give me greater understanding in this area, greater sympathy, empathy. God, help me to see people through your eyes, with your heart. In Jesus' name. You you know what I found? That you can't give what you don't have. If you don't know your love unconditionally, without that if you don't know that God's love for you is not based on your past, your potential, your performance, if you don't understand that, if you don't realize that, I don't think you can truly love. You can't give what you don't have. If, if you're here today, I've been praying that God would give you a fresh revelation of his love for you. That there's no mountain he wouldn't climb up. There's no wall he wouldn't tear down. There, there's nothing he wouldn't break through for you. He loves you. He's passionate about you. He wants to be your savior and he, he wants to be your leader. And, and I would go amiss today if I didn't give you an opportunity to accept Jesus. And here's why. And, and with your heads bowed and your eyes shut, sin is our problem. Sin disconnects us from God. And the only thing that can take care of our sin is Jesus. Jesus is the only one. He paid the price for our sin. So the only way our sin can be removed is if we allow God to put our sin on, the, on Christ, to, to take off our mess and put on Christ's righteousness. And that's what he offers to do. But you just got to ask him. And so today you say, I need Jesus in my life. You, you, you seem to say, Lord, I need you. It's as easy as that. Lord, I need you to come in. I need you to forgive me. I need you to cleanse me. I need you to wash me. My heart is stained with sin. I need you to make it clean. Lord, I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me and clothe me with your righteousness. And Lord, I ask you to be my leader and my Lord and my King and my Savior. Help me, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Pastor Trevor is going to come up in a minute and give some final instruction and, and thoughts. But before he does, we're going to sing one more song. It's not the time to check out. It's not the time to begin to pack up your things. This is a time to respond to the love of God. I mean, I can't. I don't even know how to explain it any better. I don't think I can. God loves us. I mean, he cares what you did, but he loves you in spite of what you did. 
Like, like his grace is sufficient and his forgiveness, his mercies are new every morning. He's for you and not against you. He has a plan to prosper you and not to harm you. He loves you. And worship is our opportunity to love him back, to respond to his love. And so, Lord, over these next few moments, we're going to sing a song and lift our voice. But ultimately, we're just responding to the love and the grace of God. And we're praying once again that you'll be lifted high in our lives and that you'll be exalted in praise. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Amen, everybody. Let's worship the Lord together, can we?